Welcome back, everyone. I'm Julie Carbone, advertising executive and host of the No Ceilings podcast. If this is your first time listening in, this is a show that spotlights bold women who've made significant strides in their respective industries. New episodes are available regularly via your favorite audio players, so please make sure to follow, rate, review, and subscribe. Our guest in today's episode is literally the epitome of a glass ceiling shatterer. Her name is Wendy Day, founder of Rap Coalition, Power Moves, Artist-Centric, and the author of the book, How to Get a Record Deal. This is the part two series of my conversation with her. So if you haven't listened to part one, you should get right to it. In part one, Wendy walks us through her fascinating journey, all the obstacles she needed to face along the way, and expert advice she has for anyone coming up in the music industry. In this part two, we dive deep in the music industry and talk about its evolution through streaming and digitization. And she also shares with us some of her must-to or her go-to reads um, that highly inspired her throughout her career. So get right to it. I hope you'll enjoy Welcome back, everyone. This is part two of my conversation with Wendy Day. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so we're going to start off with a convo that Wendy and I actually had offline before we went live. Um, and it was really geared around um, the music industry in and of itself. I mean, we know that for a long time, the music industry has relied predominantly on traditional record labels. So both creators and consumers were completely at the mercy of the labels and the music preferences were heavily influenced by whatever was really happening with radio stations. Um, but as streaming came in, you know, Napster was the first one. And then I think a lot of companies ended up molding or creating new streaming services and platforms. Um, legislations changed. Artists needed to completely, you know, restructure the way they think and how were they were going to market with their promotion. And there's been a lot of transformation in the music industry, <laughs> especially Ooh. when it came to streaming. When you mentioned, you know, you were grassroots going in and meeting the artists and waiting and being patient and there was no social media. And, you know, back then it was like radio and, and working with um, full of different labels. It was expensive. And pro- Sorry. And there were gatekeepers. It was expensive. Yeah. And there yeah. were gatekeepers. Now it's still expensive, but there's no gatekeepers. You can yeah. go direct to fans. So from a compensation standpoint, I mean, we're talking about streaming here. I know that you shared recently um, on your Instagram page, the streaming platform and the royalty rates per um, per platform. So you you really broke it down via, like, you know, Amazon Music, Apple, Tidal, Napster, Deezer. And the research that you showcased, um, I think it was on Instagram and on Twitter, I'm pulling it up here. You were showcasing how many streams it takes to make a dollar. When you look at, let's say, YouTube music, an artist would need to make a thousand two hundred and fifty streams to, to simply make one dollar. Um, versus if you look at Tidal and Napster, we're talking between 78 and 53 streams to make a dollar. So they're almost better compensated. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still rel- relatively low or, um, in terms of compensation for the artists. So that's the negative side, but I would still love to know what are the positive elements of the music digitization and streaming? Um, It's positive because it's removed the gatekeepers. You can go direct to consumer. So the artist can record a song in their living room or bedroom right now today and upload it onto the internet and have it at a platform in three or four days. Mm. So there's nobody in between 
that is stopping them. Yeah. The problem is once it's up on a platform, they're competing with 60,000 other songs every day yeah. that are uploaded onto Spotify, for example. So without any marketing or promotion, they're just going to languish in obscurity. Yeah. So they've got to have some sort of hustle within them. The music has to be great and they need a budget to be able to market and promote. And that's a lot different than it was when I started in the industry where you could kind of spread a song that you like just by sharing it with your friends today by sharing it with your circle, it's not going far and wide enough to really be profitable. Streaming is such a small percentage of income for an artist. Like it, it takes, you know, a million streams to make, between five and seven thousand dollars. That's a lot of streams that for a small a amount streams. of money. And if you're signed to a record label, you're getting twelve to fifteen percent of that five to seven thousand dollars of streams. So for the indie artists, it's a lot better. For the signed artists, not so much. Yeah. But regardless, you've got to find other ways to make money, whether it's touring or selling merchandise, or even if you're an artist who wants to set up like a a Patreon account where you're sort of performing for donations online, sort of like what buskers used to do back in the day at the train station where they'd open their guitar case and they would sit there in the, in the subway station and play songs and people would toss money into the guitar case. We had to figure out a way for that to transcend into the 21st century so that artists could make money. It's still the same philosophy where you're getting tips on YouTube or Patreon or on, on your social media, but you're making some sort of income beyond just streaming income. It's not enough to build a career just on streaming. And would you say though, like, let's say, and I hate always talking about the pandemic, but like we're unfortunately still in it and having a lot of, artists that aren't able to tour i mean would you say that it's it's there there's new ways or have you seen artists around you that have adapted to this everybody has because it's such you know it's the when you're a newer artist the number one source of income is doing shows Mm -hmm. so it's an area where artists really had to figure it out and figure it out quickly. A lot of artists started doing small shows in like Airbnb mansions. A lot of artists started doing park parties where they would go out to their local park with speakers and perform in the open so that the risk of somebody getting sick Mm. was lessened. Um, Artists started performing live online So you're going to see a lot of websites catering to streaming shows pop up in the next five years or so, because it's something that came out of the pandemic out of COVID. And then, then again, you see artists like I take, for example, Megan Thee Stallion, who like, she literally rose to the top through like, I think it was like her savage song through TikTok. And that, you know, in a way that was also beautiful to see how it took off. I know she's, She's for sure signed by a label. Um, <laughs> yes. But, and she's amazing, she but it's still interesting to see other artists. Well, some artists still break through throughout the pandemic.
we talked a lot in the first episode about artist centric and um, your artist incubator that you're putting together, um, which is essentially um, an incubator filled with various artists that you're mentoring, um, bringing them from, you know, scaling their promotion, scaling their audience to ensure that if ever they do want to get a record deal, they have that option. And if not, if they want to stay indie, they can. And I would love to know what is, um, what would you say is the benchmark of success for these different artists? I mean, they're part of your incubator. I'm presuming it really depends on, you know, their own definition of success, but I would love to hear your definition of success for these artists. For every artist, success is different. So if there's an artist inside the incubator and their goal is to get a deal at a major label, once they have enough leverage to get a multi-million dollar deal, then that is that is the level we're trying to attain. If the artist wants to be independent and Mm. fully self-sufficient, then that is the level of success that they're going to, that they're going to attain. And it's, they're going to be within the incubator. And we haven't gone through a whole cycle yet, but it looks like it's going to be anywhere from two to three years inside of the incubator before they reach that level of success where they can be pushed out of the nest and fly on their own. I love that. And there must even be like knowledge sharing amongst the artists and they could probably maybe even yes. collaborate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and they mentor each other. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're building and they're networking together, but they're learning from each other as well as from the actual staff inside of the incubator. And then the incubator is sort of like a a safe zone where they've got access to marketing, they've got access to video, they've got access to attorneys and accountants and financial planners and people that can help them get to the next level, not just in their career, but in their lives. And so, you know, people can, let's say if you have, if there's indie artists that are listening in right now, they could reach out uh, directly to on your newsletter or what would be the best way that they reach out? Absolutely. Um, the best way to reach out is really right now on social media because I'm in the process of getting the company fully funded right now. I'm funding it myself to, for proof of concept, but I really want to be able to scale this much larger right now. I can handle about 10 clients a year. I, I want to scale this so that it's bigger and we can really make a larger impact. And I want to branch outside of rap. I, I want to be able to help country artists and EDM mm. artists and rock artists, you I know, singer that. songwriters. It's taking indie artists to the next level. I think that's great. I know you've, you've mentored, you know, amazing artists, well, indie artists, like, like you're, you're talking about now, but also like Tupac and Juvenile and Lil Wayne, um, David Banner, Trouble. I'd love to know. So you mentored them, but I would love to know what is the best advice someone gave you and something that you probably bring back when either when you're mentoring these artists or also just in life in general. The best advice anybody's ever given me was to do the research and really study before jumping in with both feet. And Mm. I was always somebody that just kind of jumped in and figured it out as I went. And that's not to say that you don't need action because you need action in, in anything that you do. But what I've learned is to really learn the rules of different games. And then I learn which rules I can break and which rules I can't break. 
and mm-hmm. I make sure that I don't break the rules that I can't break. And maybe I break the ones that I can, but I've learned to really put in the time and the research and the understanding to know how something works and then how to utilize that in my favor as I move forward. I know we don't have that much time left and I had a couple of other questions. I mean, we, you talked about advice. Um, I, I know hearing you on another podcast, you talked about certain books that you also send to your artists, uh, 48 laws yes. of power that I absolutely love. love it. Um, and I think it, there was one, how to win friends and influence people. Are there other yes. books or other resources that you just think people should read this in life? Like this is just like a yes. guide to, to life. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's take it out of music. Cause there are music yeah. books, music, industry books they should read but i'm a big fan of good to great it's by jim collins it's it's kind of old it's probably 20 years old now but it's got great great advice about you know how to plan and how to be a leader how to get your team on the bus how to be a leader get your team on the bus and then figure out who's going to do what and that's i've learned so much from that um jack canfield has a book about focus. I can't remember what it, what it's actually called, but I read that book like every nine months I reread Mm -hmm. it and I have my whole career because it brings me back to how to get stuff done. And that's so important, especially for folks like you and I, that we've got a million things we want to accomplish. How do we get them all done before we die? And, you know, the art of focus is, you know, what teaches us that. And that book is by Jack Canfield. Jack has another book about, you know, um, how to be successful, the steps to achieving success. And that's another great book. You know, it's, um, it's probably got a hundred different pieces of advice. And while you're not going to use all 100, cause they wouldn't be right for every person or every circumstance, even if you come away with 10 things to do, from the success yeah. prince it's called the success principles even okay. if you come away with 10 things that you do every day you're going to be inherently more successful than you are right at this moment there's also the the um, the eight habits of highly effective people i think yes yeah, i think it's another great habits. book and then there's yes. the power of habits too that's pretty good but it's less yep. It's a little bit lengthy and a bit meaty, but uh, I'm going to write that. Down. And That's then awesome. any book on branding, any yeah. any book that teaches you about branding. And if you don't like to read, get audio books. I agree. Like audio books totally are agree. amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're awesome. I'm actually uh, reading, well, via audio, the memoir of Will Smith right now. It's called Will. It's super good. How is it? You like it's really it? good. And like through his voice and he talks about how he got through the music industry. And at first that like his mom was super against the fact that he wanted to be a rapper. And she was like, no, I'm giving you like one year. If you don't make it, then you're going back to school. Like that's one anecdote made it. anymore. Yep. He made it. I, I yeah, love he that. Did, exactly. But he also talks yep. about like, you know, the success and how it's never enough and like greed and it's never enough. getting to a place of, of peacefulness. And it's, it's really good. I highly recommend it. I, I think it really, it matters what drives you. Like, you know, I, I, I haven't been driven by money since I was in my twenties. So mm-hmm. I'm driven more now by impacts. my success is impact and my success yeah. is educating others. And my success is based on making others successful. And it's just such a better place to come from. You know, for me, it's not about, Oh my God, I have to have $10 million when I die. You know, no. I, I don't care about that. 
I care about how many people I've impacted and, and how much good I've done. And for me, that's the race. Thank you for everything that you've done for artists, but also just for the world. There should be more Wendy's. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I wish there were, although that might be kind of boring for me, but I just wish more people had altruistic vision. And I'm not saying money's evil. Please don't misunderstand. I've got Bitcoin. I collect Bitcoin. So (laughs) money matters. You know, I own real estate. Money matters. But it's not the end all be it. It's not my focus. And I learned that lesson really young. And I'm thankful that I did. Mm. I'm thankful that I learned that one young because it's enabled me to have a life that I'm proud of. And I'm actually genuinely happy. And there's a lot to be said for being happy. Yeah. But that's what I was going to say. A lot of people aren't like that just because they're not living their true lives or their true selves. So it's just, there's a constant clash and that's when, you know, you just won't grow and it's, it's unfortunate, but also you really broke barriers and you created your own dream job. Um, Yes. So this is a huge testament to who you are, Wendy. Thank you so much for sharing your story in part one and in part two. I hope everyone really enjoyed this. It's been an absolute honor for me to sit down virtually with you. And for those who want to reach out to Wendy, like she mentioned, she has her YouTube channel, which is called Wendy Day. And you can literally find her pretty much on all social channels through Rap Coalition. That is the username. Thanks everyone for listening in. If you love this episode, make sure to subscribe or follow this show on any audio player. Also, don't hesitate to send me your comments or questions by following me at No Ceilings Podcast on all social channels. Thanks again for listening in. See ya.